It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mickey Hart here. You're listening to GAR Football Show. The GA Hour with Colin Parkinson is brought to you by Paddy Power, home of the Money Back Special. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f***ing for f***ing years. I'm starting to sound like a bit of a broken record here, lads, because there's 12 matches on this weekend and there's only one on television. There's six hurling games between Tier 1 and Tier 2 and five of them are either on TV or on GA now. So, like, I mean, this is absolutely madness. So, like, there's a double header in Crow Park, which are two very attractive games, defending all our champions versus Kildare, who are big rivals, Leash and Mead, who are evenly enough matched teams. We're not going to get to see them, so you're going to have to go up to Crow Park and then you'll be missing whatever hurling. Basically, they're ruining my job at <laughs> the weekend. Well, at least there, has, there has to be more of a balance. But on that, I just said, I don't want to start everybody complaining about that because I'm actually doing a bit too much now because it's set in stone now and that those decisions have been made. Interestingly, talking about Croke Park is that there's only 30,000 expected this weekend, right? So the chickens have come home to roost here that obviously Dublin were given a lot of games development money. They wanted Dublin to stay strong because they're the best supported team. Only uh, 14,000 showed up to the game against um, Loud in Port Leash and that was a double header. So this has come full circle now and is having the opposite effect Matty from what they probably had hoped they hoped that this money would guarantee crowds forever and it has the, oppo- had the opposite effect Yeah I couldn't believe it when I seen they're only expecting 30,000 I was thinking then is, is there only one game but it's a double header and you know I was only talking to a, a friend of mine from Offaly about it the other day that um, you know it's only maybe 8-10 years ago when there was a double header in Leinster semi-finals there'd probably be 60,000 in it which is very very weird to see there's only going to be 30 and you know yeah. that's, that's probably been probably been a bit generous I'd say 
The, we- the weird thing about this is, um, Connor, like you're, you obviously you're crazy in Mayo, so, and, <laughs> and you're all Ireland contenders. Maybe I'm not sure if you are anymore, but anyways, you're a really we strong team. Because when you look, Kildare and Longford played last Sunday. 4,300 showed up to the, for that. So it's not just Dublin matches, it's the whole Leinster Championship. Mm. The, nobody has any interest because they know they can't win it. Yeah. And it's a brilliant championship minus Dublin. Like yeah. it really is. It's a really close championship. And I strongly believe, like everyone's talking about the Ulster Championship this year and how close it is and that's grand now none of the big teams Donegal or Tyrone have faced the Armas and the Cavans they would have probably beaten them well on the evidence of last Sunday but if Dublin were in Ulster the Ulster Championship would be viewed as a terrible cha- one-sided yeah. championship That's exactly it yeah and um just, uh, just like what you mentioned earlier as well, the fact that there's no football games on TV, at least you could use that as an excuse maybe, do you know, that that's why people wouldn't go to the yeah. games. But then as well, like it must be straight, like you guys would have played in some really big kind of Leinster Championship games back in the day. I was just looking there for Dublin Kildare on its own, I think in 2011, which isn't that long ago, maybe eight years ago, there was 60,000 people. Yeah. And now with a double header with, with teams as big as, like Mead and Leash are well supported, Dublin Kildare are obviously probably the two biggest teams in Leinster. And you're not even going to have half that, which yeah. is just, as you said, chicken's chickens really coming home they to roost they are coming home to roost there's just a general apathy and one other thing and it goes along with the favouritism Dublin have been given and that's this isn't even up for debate now and it's not a bitter thing Hill 16 is going to be open this weekend with 30,000 expected if Dublin were not involved and it was Mead, Leash, Kildare and Wexford for example and 30,000 were expected Hill 16 would be closed mm. so people down the country don't ever have the option of the cheaper option of terrace tickets only Dublin have that it's given to Dublin. Dublin in Croke Park tug out in the same home dressing room all the time. This is not right, Matty. I don't, I've heard that, that the weekend game has something to do with uh, season ticket holders. Yeah, I don't know whether, same, yeah. whether that's yeah. right or not. I, um, I don't know. But look, what you're saying is, is exactly right. You know, a double header not involving Dublin. Um, you know, t- teams don't have the option of, of using Hill 16, as you say, for cheaper tickets. And Look, people are without a shadow of a doubt voting with their feet and, you know, it's a strange one. There's no matches on telly and still there's nobody actually going to the games and uh, teams, in, in, in particularly in Leinster, are completely disillusioned with, you know, you know, at the start of the year training, they can absolutely get out whatever division they're in in the league, be it one, two, three or four, but they haven't a hope of winning Leinster. Yeah. Um, and look at it's as you say, the, the chickens are well and truly coming home to roost. But look, at we've all spoke about Dublin's advantages in Croke Park and without a shadow of a doubt they're massive. If we got to play all our games in Wexford Park over the years or yourselves in Port Leash or Offaly in Tullamore or wherever, it has to be an advantage. And you know, I think it's just becoming a, a more, more of an advantage year on year. Um, you know, The, the familiarisation to have with Croke Park, with the dressing rooms, with everything that goes with a day out. Like, you know, the likes of probably be Kildare players coming to Croke Park maybe for the first time to play a Leinster semi-final. The same with Leash and the same with Mead probably. And, Full you know, of nerves, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It does affect you, and you know familiarisation is, is is huge in, in in Gaelic games or in any sport. And you know Dublin have a week in, week out, and look at us. That's the way it is, and, and to be honest, it's probably the way it's going to stay. Yeah, it looks like there's going to be no change to it. Um, but we won't get into a full on Dublin chat here. There's some information regarding the qualifiers and this Ulster semi-final replay. So both are going to have winners on the day. So no, there'll be no replays anymore. So there's two little differences to the qualifiers and the Ulster um, replay in that the qualifiers are going to be winners on the day. If level after normal time, extra time will be played, two periods of 10 minutes. And if it's still level, a penalty competition, which fantastic. I can't wait for the first one in, in championship. And the Ulster semi-final replay will also be winner on the day. Cannot go to another replay, but there's a little bit of a different protocol for that. If it's level after normal time, extra time will be played, two t- periods of 10 minutes. If that's still level, two additional minutes of five minutes each. Now, I don't agree with that extra five. We see that 
happening in a couple of hurling matches I was watching mm. and they're out on their feet. Imagine Kevin and Armagh last weekend going for another 10 minutes. Yeah. They couldn't even score. They were so tired in the, in the extra two, in, in the extra 20. Anyways, if it's, if it's still a draw after the extra two, five minutes aside, then we have a penalty competition to that. If you've any strength left in your <laughs> leg, <laughs> talking about jelly legs for a penalty, yeah. imagine that. So you're looking at, a hun- they'd be playing 100 minutes before they then have to go take a penalty shootout. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. That's nearly two games in one, like, you know. But on the evidence of the first day, you said there that there was jelly in their legs. I just thought it was kind of the attitude of, of both Kevin and I was watching it and I actually although it was deferred coverage I hadn't seen I managed somehow not to see the well result. done I couldn't do so, it yeah, I, I was watching it as if it was live and nobody wanted to score until if Armagh got a score link having like right we have to score straight now away now we have to yeah <laughs> to well, well, no that was it If Armagh when they went to point up said well we've enough done yeah. here I was like what yeah, yeah. you're only a point up yeah. let's let's run down this 10 minutes yeah. with one point <laughs> Gavin, Gavin were just like let's get it to Key Mackey again and he'll just put it over the bar yeah. so there's every chance I think of that I think Gavin will be better we, we might get that, that later on I think Gavin will be better than they were the last day but if it was Anton like the last day there is a chance that we could get the penalties, yeah. 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 yeah true Stevie MacDonald in fairness called a draw so like I mean he was dead right it could be a draw again um, but we'll move on from that so keep your eye out for that it'd be nice I think well, listen there's what, there's eight qualifiers one could be going to penalties you know what mm. I mean it wouldn't be a huge surprise if one went to penalties and that'll be historic um, David Clifford was in Croke Park on Tuesday so I was talking um, to him that's going to come up now just in one minute but like I mean this lad's a phenomenon um, Matty a bit let's be honest about yourself in a score in the scoring stakes like he scored 4-4 four, four in an all Ireland minor final like he scores a huge array of points tight angles outside the 45 on both feet he's a huge man like there's not too many weaknesses to his game he has lovely little subtle dummies like for for a fella his ta- that tall like Donny Kingston in leash has lovely little dummy solos and stuff which is unusual for he has everything that a small corner forward would have plus a big corner forward would have yeah, look at it. I don't think I never done anything like he's done at 17, 18, or 19 years of age. He, he's unbelievable. And you no, know, the good thing for Kerry and the good thing for, for football people, he's only probably going to get better, um, which is great. Um, you know, his close control for, for his size, at you know, where he actually hasn't quite, kind of grew into himself yet, is unbelievable off both feet. And some of the goals he scored in the in, the, in his last two years in minor were, were bordering on ridiculous. You know, yeah. if, if if Morris Fitzgerald or someone in his head they had to be doing it, they would be still Sean Still and rightly so. But like it's just kind of became the norm for him now to do it. But um, you know, he's probably going to get lots of attention over the next few years. But look at he's a guy that's going to be well well able to handle it both physically and mentally. He looks, he seems to be very very grounded kind of a fella. And you know, he certainly has the physique and kind of once he fully develops into himself, he's going to be more than a handful for most cornerbacks going out there at six yeah. foot three or six and foot four. Not, no one fancy it. He's not shy on the field either. He scored eight four. 41 in his last um, year minor now I mentioned the 4-4 and then it got me thinking I said she's Maddie used to run up ridiculous scores as well so I just had a quick look at it so it was 2004 you were off the you were absolutely <laughs> off the charts so 4-5 in a league game against Galway um, 4-5 in a league game against Galway who <laughs> were no ages at the time yeah. in the entire league that year you scored 8-36 7-19 from play like these are these are almost career stats for me here um, so that averaged out at 6 points on average um, from play and then in the championship you scored 3-38 3-22 from play averaging out at 6 points average from play in a game like I mean over the 5 games you got 2-10 that year against Offaly like I mean that's crazy stats that year yeah look at <laughs> It's like going on a streak, but it lasting the whole year. <laughs> it, it is. It probably is actually in fairness. But look, we played some good football that year and played an awful lot of games. I think um, you know we got to the Leinster semi final. We 
got into the second as the first I think it was one of the first years we ever won a qualifier but you just get in a bit of a role the team is playing well and like look at I've always said I had lots of decent players around me in Wexford that year or for good for most of the time I played in that year in particular but I actually I missed the first league game that year as well so Oh that's over six games uh, right? Possibly could have been a bit higher <laughs> only, only had missed that as well yeah But that's crazy 4-5 against Galway like is this coming in a spurt or is this spread out across the game like I mean 4-5 four, 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 is a huge tally to be putting no, up No we played we played Galway in June remember and, and and anyone that's ever played football in Galway winter or summer will tell you it was either it's probably lashing rain and more than mm. likely a gale of wind and there was but we played with it in the, in the first half and the three goals came kind of in a bang just coming up to half time so we played into a very strong win in the second half and I only scored maybe 1-2 in the, in the second half but I remember um, slag, and you don't slag Pat Rowe too much but I remember saying to him a couple of years after that you know he shouldn't have took me off with 10 minutes to go I might have got another one and oh, he ended up to five, ah, here, look, five so it's six. only 6 games and this is only 50 minutes well, it was 50, 60 minutes back then or it would have been would it no, it was it 70? no it was 70 minute league 70, actually. So look, yeah. we had to, I think at that stage we had the game pretty well won so I was, I was shipped off with about 10 or 15 minutes to go right so what's your highest tally in a in a game then well 210 against Offaly is your highest inter-county tally like, right. have you got something crazy for Kyle and Aaron no, I had I had two ten on a couple of occasions as well, and I had thirteen points in a county in a fi- county football final one year as well. So right, not bad. No, it's okay. That's, that's do. What's yours? One, uh, two from two. <laughs> two. I think maximum maybe one one or something like that. <laughs> All right. So like I said, David Clifford was in Croke Park on Tuesday. It was at the launch of Avonmore Protein Blueberry Milk, and I caught up with him there. So here that is. So we're here at the launch of Avonmore Protein uh, Blueberry Milk. And I finally tracked down David Clifford. David, how's it going? Yeah, all good, yeah, all good. I remember trying to get you over text message there and I was politely um, declined. So I have to get to a media day like this to finally track you down. Uh, yeah, that's it. I suppose trying to, like you said, keep a low profile and uh, keep focused, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, but do you think that's important to keep a low profile? Because you are such a huge name already, even just after one year. Um, ah, well, I suppose it is. I suppose you don't want to be um, getting too sidetracked, but I suppose the odd... Uh, so there's no harm giving the ad a bit of a insight, I suppose. That's all fans are looking for is a bit of insight. So it's yeah. nice to, to so you're going to give us plenty of insight right. here, basically. <laughs> Maybe not in the Kerry camp. But uh, how would you, when you look back on last year, David, like, I mean, it must be weird looking back on it because it, it was a poor year for Kerry, but it was a brilliant year for you. Do you know, like, in a, do you feel a little bit selfish when you might look back on it thinking, geez, that was a, that was a uh, lovely debut year? Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to try and, find, try and look for, I suppose, self um, and that praise, I suppose, but you know what I mean. Trying to look back on it um, individually when when things didn't go as well as we would have liked with Kerry, but um, I like. I suppose it was a great. It was a good year for myself. Just a, a good way to start, I suppose, and uh, things went well. So I was delighted with it. Yeah, because I saw you were quoted as saying that you were delighted, aim and stuck with you during the league. You weren't happy with your league form. Um, well, yeah, like I suppose I was just I was probably probably quiet in a lot of games and just like it, it, there was a bit of getting used to the physicality and things of it and stuff. So I was. Um, Looking enough, Eamon did stay, stay as was loyal to me for the, for the first round of the championship. And I think, you know, the, the league had stood to me then big time at that stage. So. Yeah. Was there a lot of pressure on you coming into last year, your first year? Because I, I don't remember outside of Joe Canning in the hurling, someone coming out of minor with such a reputation. Um, I, like, I don't think there was pressure. I think there was, you know, there was so many, like I suppose, senior experienced players that um, like if you, if you had said the pressure was on anyone, it might have, do you know what I mean? It might have been them because like it was my first year, I suppose I had a bit of a... Not even a free reign, but you know what I mean. Whatever I did was going to be probably kind of bonus territory. So it was just a massive help to the experienced players that, that were around in the camp at the time, and, and Eamon and the lads. This was were just such a big help to me that it was um, 
I suppose the transition transition went as well as it could have. You know. Yeah. Did you find a step up, or you know, what were the differences? Um, I did. I suppose. Yeah. The physicality was a massive thing. You know. Because you're um, a huge minor, right? You're still a pretty big senior as well, but. <laughs> The size um, advantage wouldn't be the same. Yeah, exactly. I suppose it's just you don't have you don't have as much time on the ball. I suppose you can't go into the tackle and come out of the tackle as easy. I suppose so. It's just trying to um, I suppose just make them small little changes to your game. I suppose to try and I suppose to limit the amount of contact you're going into and just when you are getting a hit, just trying to be able to take it and keep going. You know. Well, it, well, that's it. I suppose because you do like to take your man on, but it's not easy. The minute you take someone on, you can get bottled up. So you're nearly coming on the loop a lot more. Do you? Yeah, yeah. I suppose exactly. Yeah, like it, I suppose it's not. From minor, I suppose you're not. You're just it's fairly simple. You're not getting on as much ball as you would have before. There's teams have probably dropped more men back, and like you said, your marker is is going to be you know stuck to you, and he's going to be a good player. Like you know that. So um, yeah, I suppose just trying to change. I suppose trying to change your your game for for different individual opponents you're going to be playing against. I suppose some fellas are better at other things, and other fellas are are better at other things. You know. Yeah. So like I mean, obviously you scored so heavily at underage level. Then you're coming up to senior. I find, like, I mean, even from watching you, you're throwing the ball around, you're playing your way into the game rather than maybe trying to shoot the lights out. Is that right? Is that fair? Um, I like, I suppose, yeah. I suppose the, I wouldn't say even a philosophy, but just the, the way of thinking, I suppose, our, our forwards at Kerry is just to try and throw the ball around and the man in the right position will, will get the scores. Like, I suppose, every fella is well able to take a score, so it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter. No one is looking at who's getting the scores once once we're getting them as a team. You know. Yeah, I saw the in the league final um, against Mayo. There was three of you inside, and then there was a huge gap to you know the rest of the lads back defending. And I remember Tommy Griffin came in, and I think he put you out as that man standing on the forty mm-hmm. as the link man. You know, that's probably important. I think the James I don't know who played it then the other night. Without that link man, we talk about this on the podcast all the time. There's too much of a gap, so you end up having to run everything instead of being able to kick it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Big time. Yeah, you, you need a, I suppose, a man at eleven running the line. I suppose, and it's um, like it, it's obviously a big focus from another team then to try and stop your man who's running that line. So um, just trying to, I suppose, like like you said, change in, in the middle of a game and trying to make sure you have someone there is massive for for us inside forwards. I suppose. Yeah. So like, I mean, I think you had seven debut taunts last year against Clare. You had four more. Now maybe all seven from last year didn't start the other night. It's been a huge turnover, hasn't it? So, so soon in your senior career. Yeah. Yeah. It has. I suppose. Um, like, like it's, it's great. I suppose like a lot of us have played together on the age level and, and know each other's games very well. So I suppose that, that period maybe where you're getting used to each other and stuff, it doesn't, isn't as, as, as long, I suppose, as it might've been with, with other teams maybe. So, um, I suppose it's great. Like like I said, that we all have, have played a lot of football with each other and we know each other's games. Yeah, but is it is it is there a responsibility then to maybe be a leader a bit earlier than you had planned? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, like I suppose it's it's, it's possibly it. I suppose like a, like I suppose how do you define a leader? Like you know, a, a leader is someone who is just performing on any given day. So. Like I, th- I think you need a team full of, le- full of leaders to be successful, you know? Yeah, well, I suppose there's leaders on the field and there's leaders in the dressing room. That's the, the distinction. So would you see yourself more of someone who does their talking on the field rather than the dressing room, or would, would you do a bit of both? Um, ah, well, yeah, I suppose so. Like you said, some, some, some players are more dominant in dressing rooms and stuff and, and are very good at getting messages across, so it's just trying to so spring whatever skills you think, you think you need. What do you work on most? Um, I suppose I do a lot of kicking. Um, Kicking for scores or just yeah, in a lot of no, a lot of kicking for scores, a lot of just ball striking. I suppose one thing I suppose if, if I'm if I, it's going to let me down is probably just not getting a, a good strike and a shot, maybe a rushing a shot or something. So just trying to, I suppose something I really worked on this year is just trying to like 
if you can imagine, kind of slow down in that one or two seconds and just make sure your strike. Um, I think it was, it's actually, it's funny enough, it was actually Barry John Keane who was before, for, played corner forward with Kerry for about the last yeah, no, eight or ten years. He just, just said it to me a few times that, like, do you know, you're trying to nearly kick the, ball, kick the paint off the ball rather than just, just I suppose, concentrating on your strike and, and then where it's, where it's going will probably look after itself. You know? So it's just a big thing I work on is just trying to get consistent ball striking, I suppose. Yeah, it's interesting that Paul Flynn was on the show recently and he said that was a big thing that improved his game and that he was told to stop trying to run at 100%. He'd slow down to 70 yeah. to kick and he said it improved his, his kick. And no one, I w- was up training recently and I was thinking, geez, I must try this. It's actually not, you're trying to get away from someone and then you're trying to think of slowing down. It's not, it takes practice, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I suppose it does. Yeah, it's true. Like, it's, it's, it's easy to work on something probably maybe if you're going kicking on your own and then it's a different story to try and bring it into a game. Yeah. So try and actually bring it into the game probably is the toughest thing. But um, yeah, like it is tough, I suppose, yeah. So that's it, slow down. You love a dummy bounce. Um, yeah, yeah. That's um, your signature. Do you know what else you love? You love running toward, now maybe you can tell me I'm wrong on this, you love running towards somebody for a hand pass and then doubling back and looking for the hand pass over the top, the know, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose there's just a few different... Uh, Moves that I suppose different forwards like and stuff. So yeah, yeah. like coming on the loop and a few different things. So, I but you can do the loop as well. Like I'm not giving away secrets here because you have a you have a lot of ways of working <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, okay, um, You were saying you're on record for saying that Gooch was your idol and Jamie Clark was your idol, and I can see that in your game completely because it's not just like while you score heavily, like there's a, there's a, a creativity to both of their games that I can see in your game as well. Um, yeah, like I suppose it was obviously Gooch's. He's probably the best forward to ever play the game. So if if you didn't look up to him, there's probably something wrong. But I suppose just uh, I suppose how natural both players are. Do you know what I mean? Just so easy to watch, and um, everything just always seems to come so easy to them. So I suppose that was the reason probably why I would have looked up to them. Do you know, style-wise. Yeah, and like I mean, would that be a big part of your game, making sure that you can see a pass? You know, like I mean, Gooch ended up going out to centre half forward, and and it was very obvious in his yeah. game then, even though it was always there that he was well respected amongst his teammates for being able to create scores as well as, as uh, take them. Yeah, like I suppose that's something that you definitely need to have in, in your locker as a forward, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Dan, talk to me about, like, I mean, do you sit down on a Sunday and watch matches or do you try to get away from it when you're not um, I would. I'd, I'd watch a lot of games, a lot of club games and stuff if they're on. Um, I suppose a lot of my friends are involved in different, just different, all, all football teams around, around Clarny and things like that. So, um, yeah, I suppose... You'd go to what games, What we do is go to games, really, yeah. Um, like obviously, you obviously don't have time to go to to go to every game, but I like to just see what kind of other fellas are doing, and maybe if there's anything I can, you know, take from um from 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 a player that I watch, maybe anything I can add to my game from that, you know. Yeah. What about Morris Fitzgerald? Do you take much from him, or do you even remember Morris playing? Um, <laughs> um like he's still, he's still involved, and he still can stroll out the train and flick up a ball and throw it over behind his back nearly. So um. Yeah, like I, I wouldn't have seen it obviously a lot of Morris um, live, but I've obviously seen so much, so much video and stuff. And like someone like Morris is just so natural that it's nearly, I wouldn't say artificial. Do you know what I mean? But like, for anyone to be as natural and as good as that, I think is is a, it's a tough ask. Like, so Morris is just probably in a league of his own for, for as a kicker, as a pure kicker. Like, I think, yeah, you know? the technique, long range points yeah. off left and right. But you have that in your locker as well. Like, I mean, off both off both uh, feet. Um, yeah, like I suppose it's a big a big focus on, especially in the development squads. And Kerry is is left is trying to develop left and right and left and right hand. I suppose. So did you always have the left and right, or did you? Uh, have to no, work hard? I didn't. Big time, I didn't. I, I suppose I was very left footed. You'd hear the 
recall of watches left probably and stuff in under really? 14 and 16 games and stuff so I suppose that that's probably something itself that makes you want to say right I'm going to prove these fellas wrong and well it's fairly simple like you, you just you need to have both legs you won't survive yeah no. you won't survive exactly no. like yeah so that's important but like I mean you know that's it and Morris would Morris talk to you about kicking technique or you know or how, how would he kind of manage um, the coaches yeah he would things? I suppose Morris is, is excellent like at a uh, he he kind of knows when when he needs to say something to him and he needs to kind of leave you alone. So yeah, Morris always talks about the the black spot. So it's just just going over the bars isn't, isn't good enough for Morris a lot of the time. It's black spots. So. <laughs> Sneaking <laughs> over isn't good enough. Stevie McDonald tells us on the podcast you might not remember him playing either. Well, you would probably. I would. Yeah. He um he he says pretend somebody's standing on the crossbar and pass it to them. He said that's how he would kind of manage it. That he's not try- if you if you get caught up with trying to kick a point. He says, just pass, pass yeah. it to an imaginary person on the goal. Yeah, it's so true, it's just weird, different yeah, it's things. Probably people. that thing again of just trying to not, just I suppose it's the word you could say is just trying to caress the ball, I suppose, rather than to, to trying to kick, kick through it. I suppose, yeah. So it's it's probably a very common thing in a lot of forwards, I would think. Yeah. What do you what do you think of the commitment levels when you come up to senior level? Because I know minor is would be more Tuesday, Thursday, maybe a match, or maybe it's um, gone more than that. Ah, uh, well, yeah, it? probably like it's, it would have been fairly similar. So we would have done a good bit of gym and stuff as well at minor. So I think it's um like you, you need to be. You need to be training probably that much to, to go anywhere, so it's ah, it's fairly natural. I think there's there's club teams in Kerry who are training. Do you know what I mean? Who are training as much as that? So it's it's just it's what everyone's happy to do. I think, and if you if you if you aren't enjoying it, you probably won't do it. You know. Yeah, Paul Geaney said recently. I won't keep you much longer. He said that when he was growing up, and I was laughing at this that Kerry were winning all Irelands every couple of years. So he said that when just by the time I'm finished, I should have at least five all Irelands. So how many all Irelands will make you happy? She said, no, man. There's no, there's definitely no entitlement with how competitive football is in the last few years. So, um, she said, no, it's, it's very. You want one, anyways. That's that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> there's no doubt. Come here, Kieran Donny. He was telling me you're a good singer. Uh, I don't know what that. Yeah, I, I can't exactly take credit for that. No. Um, What's your party piece on the bus then? It doesn't come out too often. Luke no. Kelly was Luke it? Was Kelly it? is is one of them. Yeah. Luke Kelly, the night visiting song is probably my is my, is my main, my probably my only one that I don't make a bit of a, a hames of. So it's make a balls of. Yeah. Listen, exactly. we'll hopefully hopefully we'll hear it after some All Ireland win or exactly. something like that. Come here, David. Yeah. Thanks very much. Happiness hit like a train on a track. I don't really know Jimmy anymore. Me and him were like best friends when when we played. You know. He's seen the light of Jesus, and uh, I'm still like fighting the devil, you know. We'll focus on Tyrone and Donegal in part two here and we'll do predictions in part three. So just a little bit of team news. So Brian Kennedy, who's obviously um, had a good, very good debut year this year in midfield, he came off after just 19 minutes against um, Antrim. He was replaced by Colin Kavanagh. He's back in contention. And Kieran McGeary, who is definitely an option for wing back or wing forward, he's back in the mix. Oshin Gallen, who we rate very highly on this show um, after his performances, 
Um, he's out with a shoulder injury and Caelan McGonagall he's out with a leg injury so other than that they're, they're both at uh, or Donegal are at full strength outside of that Gallen wouldn't maybe at his age mightn't even be guaranteed um, his place anyways and Throne looked to be at full strength um, so like I mean Donegal are 2 to 1 outsiders here lads. I find this incredible now this if you look back at the championship last year there was nothing between these two teams and Tyrone kind of got a run on Donegal late up in Ballybuffet in the Super 8s and what's happened in the meantime for Donegal to drift out to 2-1 two to one? I find it hard to to understand that when you look through both teams they both play with pretty much pretty similar shape Donegal probably have more scoring threat from the half forward line have better long range point kickers Tyrone would you say Donnelly and McShane would shade McBrearty and Brennan there's not too much mm. in that you know midfield when you pair them off there's not much in that you know like I'm not sure where the 2-1 to one outsiders and the one like you know the 8-15 the to 15 is coming from I was trying to think that as well because the, well, the only thing I can base it on is the fact that Donegal were Division 2 in the league and Toronto were Division 1 because anyone who's watched Donegal this year can't help but have been impressed especially yeah. like I know for Manor the way they set up the last year but I think Donegal dealt with it really comfortably and were really impressive in the second half at times especially the way they kicked kind of um, long range scores too so uh, I, I don't know maybe, maybe it's that people are reading into the if you looked at the scoreline last year I thought it flattered Toronto because as you said I think with 60 minutes gone last year Donegal were still 4 points up and Donegal Got uh, Tyrone got two five off their bench that day, but with the goal in the last minute, I think Harry Lockeran got it. The game was the game was done at that. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. But it just kind of flattered them a little bit. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, like, and if you were to look at then their league form, like, well, Tyrone have only come up against Derry and Antrim, who'd be two like Division Three and Division Four team, whereas Donegal handled a, a tricky Division Two team who had beaten Monaghan last year as well. And just just going on their form, Tyrone weren't shooting lights out by any means at the start of the league they got kind of better as they go on but I don't think you can read in too much to what they did against Antrim and uh, Antrim and uh, Derry the first day so I don't, I, I don't know maybe home advantage as well or like would, would kind of swing it in Tyrone's favour a little bit This is in Kingspan in, Oh sorry sorry in yeah, Cavan Which they're, they're all complaining so they're about first, Yeah so yeah. But, but that's, that, that's the only thing I can think of that that, that Tyrone were in Division 1 that Donegal were in Division 2 and slightly the, the result last year might kind of slightly skew it in their favour but I'd have a far closer Tyrone's slight favour but very slight Yeah what do you think What do you think Matty Yeah very similar to that I suppose uh, Tyrone's um, All-Ireland final appearance Last year as well um, Possibly in, with the, in the bookies eyes Puts them that bit Further out in front But I think we were talking There just off air About 7-1 to one about a draw um, Mightn't be too far Off the mark either um, But they're definitely A lot closer than I think 2-1 to one and 4-7 to seven Or 15-8 to eight, whatever, the, whatever the odds are At the moment And you know Donegal As Connor said You know We're uh, Come through a really tricky encounter against you know a Fermanagh team that'll give I think plenty of problems to anybody they play in the in the qualifiers. Come through rather comfortably in the end and probably could have been even even a bit more comfortable, um you know and they've they've looked good this year so far I thought all during the league, um and particularly the last out against Fermanagh as well so. You know, the odds are strange but look at it I suppose they have to have some price on it but it'll certainly tempt people into to having a few quid on Donegal I think What do you think about the whole thing with Michael Murphy so like I mean I think that debate is kind of over McBrearty and Brennan will be left inside on their own Murphy's needed out around midfield um, like, cause is Colm Kavanagh the man to kind of track him because we've been saying that Colm Kavanagh's role is a little bit outdated in that he's dropping back leaving a man free and most teams aren't don't want to leave men free around midfield but Tyrone are because of what would you tell Colin Kavanagh go out there I want you just to shadow uh, he has the physical size and you know if Murphy goes in full forward that he can follow him in there you know what I mean it seems like a, a perfect role for him and he's marking a man rather than the, the, you know just dropping back into space yeah I think exactly because 
Actually, the, the Fermanagh Donegal game kind of is, near, is one of the only live games I've seen this year so far. I happened to, to drag it up on a dodgy box uh, at home. Um, <laughs> I missed I missed the Roscommon uh, Mayo game, but you know in that game the amount of the amount of possessions Michael Murphy has in the game is ridiculous, yeah. and he makes things happen. You know, mm. just simple one twos, getting frees, putting guys into position. That where if you take that away from Donegal, it's obviously going to be a big hurt to him. Plus, you know, it's kind of a double edged sword that you stop him further out the field, which means you don't need that guy, that sweep or whatever we like to call it, closer to the goal. You know, obviously, if you turn a couple of balls over out there, you know, you have a great chance of breaking further up the field as well. Will it happen? I don't think so. I still, I still can see Colin Cavanagh playing yeah. back closer to the front of his goal you, and allowing Donegal to have the ball across in front of their of their screen. The they've, they've, they've both moved on now and they're both trying to press a little bit further out the field, which is grand. But they're both conservative teams at heart, and with the two lads, both teams are going to leave inside. Mm. Can you see both? I think, I think sweepers are 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 out of date I think you need to be pairing up and pressurising the team all over all the field, field and yeah. make sure a good ball doesn't come in and you know Matty when you're making a run in there and it's a shitty ball you'll actually get turnovers from your cornerback winning it quicker than you'll win them trying to with a screen do you know what I mean if you're pressuring ball coming in it's a much better way of getting turnovers than the way that the game has evolved into trying to get them exactly look at Fermanagh went for you know the second the ball was through in the, the Donegal game they went 15 guys behind the ball yeah that it, won't happen to, it, it, we know it, that won't happen it, it was right. never going to work but when you get a lot of bodies behind the ball like that that aren't actually marking anyone to get lazy and the, you know the missed runners the missed tackles and stuff like that so going one on one you know you're putting the pressure on your own player like you're marking this fella you stay on him and look it's very easy to be accountable for that from the sideline or from anywhere else but you know it, I think Donegal potentially have better long range shooters which can probably score or kick over the likes of a blanket defence like that potentially than Tyrone have yeah. um, but look at Tyrone still have a serious forward line you know Matty Donnelly um, Donnelly and McShane will McShane, be left inside Hart, Hart you know, and Sludden um, and Richie Donnelly's there too yeah. in the half forward line like I mean this is the whole thing right so we know McShane Donnelly will stay inside now they're going to I think Tyrone if Devani Brains they'll try and play Peter Hart on the top of that D as the link man because we know how, how important that was and I spoke with David Clifford there in the interview that you all just heard and he was talking about that link man as well and he kind of alluded to the fact that you want that link man but the other team tries to pull him out of there so yeah. if, if you leave the link man out there at the top of the D or a bit further his man will attack so your, your link man now is gone so now you've no choice but to build it up through the hands then the opposition's getting back so this is a, I think this is a new dynamic on the game they're all leaving <coughs> two inside and there's a huge disconnect between where the play is and the two men inside so without the, the link man your two men inside won't get quick ball right they're only going to get ball when everybody's back and that's you know bottled up kind mm. of ball when it's all congested this isn't an easy fix what do you do like we talked before about cheating and leaving your man off then it's hard to know if there's a, if there's a sweeper behind you and your man goes well then you just drop back onto the sweeper and leave it three on three you know what I mean and Colin Cavan is going to have to make find that man that's free somewhere isn't that the best way to do it I think so um you know, neither the Donegal nor the Tyrone defenders are going to be afraid to bomb forward on, on, on Saturday. Um, That's the thing. They're, they're all happy and they're all comfortable enough getting forward. You know, Owen Bond Gallagher has scored throughout the league. You know, numerous, numerous of the yeah. Tyrone defenders scored the last day against, I think, they had 11 or 12 different scorers against Antrim. So none of them are going to be afraid. You're, you're just hoping that he might get bottled up or picked up somewhere further up the field. But you have to have that guy there, probably between the D and the 45, because if not, the gap from your half hour line midfield becomes way too big into yeah. your two, two guy inside line. And I think. 
is something we've tried playing with the club and even with Wexford when I was involved that you know you actually have your forwards in a line that down the field rather than across it where you know three guys can probably cover half the field yeah. um, mm. rather than having two inside and, and maybe one as we're saying in the D and just on, on top of that triangle but actually put them straight in a line having straight down yeah. Yeah. so in, you, yeah. you have loads yeah. of space either side a sweeper can only cover one side so a you don't see that enough at inter-county level do you? Like, that's such I, I a, actually, a, I'll tell you what I actually noticed as well was the Hurling League final with um, I was at it behind the goals the, the football league final was on after the Hurling was on first with Waterford and and um, Limerick and Limerick done it a huge amount that I could see in the first half where you know Aaron Galan and whoever was playing at full forward you know stood d- yeah, deliberately Mulcahy, yeah. maybe 20 30 yards in front of each other and the ball diagonal ball coming in the water defender just couldn't couldn't defend it even one sweeper he has to cover the side where, where the, yeah. the ball is coming from yeah. you put it across him and it's you know it's nigh on impossible to stop it yeah um, well it can definitely confuses the sweeper because there's nothing handier for a sweeper than playing two men inside and he splits into the middle of the two of them yeah. Yeah. and then drifts one side the ball the other side the ball and it it makes his life so easy especially if the ball is coming from so deep do you yep. know what I mean that's what yeah, you have to yeah. Link man in the half forward line. I think I, you spoke about this on Monday. If you're if you're if you're playing the ball from like 60, 70 yards in, it gives the time. It gives the sweeper time to anticipate it and then move across in front of the man. Whereas you've the link man on the half forward line. He's playing little thirty yard pop passes. It's really hard if it's, there's only one sweeper there and there's no. Well, that's space what Ross Common did against Mayo. And yeah, they, they, What they what they were able to do, and this is the important thing, is when they turned over the ball, they could just give it down both wings with a kick pass and now they're down the field yeah. in an attacking whereas I remember with Leash and Westmead <coughs> the game I was at neither of them had that link man so when they turned over the ball there was no kick pass on and they had to work it through the hands and the other team's drifting back and then you find a stalemate situation yeah. on both the link man's vital but this is the problem like you mentioned Paddy McGrath like Matty Donnelly and McShane will be lucky to be able to stay in the full forward line because McGrath just takes off yeah. at random. I find this incredibly frustrating when teams are now trying to play a more orthodox formation and trying to um, leave some forwards up and the opposition is just ruining that by pulling them all out. I'm mm. tearing my hair out looking at it. They're, like I don't want to keep going on about it. Something has to be done about restricting three full forward lines, full back lines from coming back down because we want teams that want to leave forwards up having the look you know being allowed mm. have a have an attacking formation because if you're a team that just attacks from everywhere you, you, the opposition can't have an attacking formation because they're all tracking yeah look at you can only have it from set plays or throw-ins or, or kick-outs maybe you'll get back and then you're running again yeah, I, I don't, to be honest I don't know if it's that straightforward just yet like if I'm you know, if, if you're an own ball gallery you're not going to want to stand back and, and play one-on-one all day with Matty Donnelly it's not going to be much fun like they want to get forward they want to play the art yeah. of defending is probably not as strong in fairness actually I think it was the Armagh Cavan game last week somebody did the, the um, tackling that game was superb so I don't think it's it's gone too far but you would like to see more one-on-ones forward certainly you'd like to see one-on-ones but I think you know management and, and guys on the sideline are trying to reduce that where possible mm. where you know you at least have that one man kind of safety blanket at all times That's the thing so like I mean I'm looking at both half back lines Owen Bon Gallagher Darrow Boyle and Ryan McHugh on Donegal this is on the last day and you have Tiernan McCann Hamsey and you have Cassidy who fly, they all like to get forward. Um, so the idea that you'd leave a half forward line in this position, I'm just ruling that out. So I'm just <laughs> yeah, hoping that, that, they'll leave, that they'll leave two inside and then one in front. So then you're looking at the half back, the full back lines and you're saying, right, which of these brats are going to start attacking? And like, I mean, you could, like, you could argue that uh, Hugh Pat McGeary could just take off. Rory Brennan is an attack-minded cornerback. He often comes out utility around the, around the field. He could take off. So instead of seeing these two teams are have evolved now and we're going to see a, a, a great attacking game, 
I think the two of them might try to ruin each other's attacking games by doing that yeah, yeah, I think so too. Because like the, I was like I'm coming into this game, and I think Tyrone Donegal played a few times lately, and like in the last few years, and every time they play against each other, it's like right, this could be a classic, and then it's turned into a bit of a damn squib. And even last year, like I think Tyrone Tyrone put up two seventeen against Donegal last year, but it still wasn't a great game. I know it was wet, it was the last game in the Super Eights, but now I'm thinking they're playing like Tyrone are definitely they've changed their style. They're letting the ball into Colin McShane more. They're pressing high up, and Donegal are kicking more ball, especially with kind of Stephen Rochford coming in. And while I'd like to think that you know they'll stay faithful to those systems the last day I just think that because it's two big teams coming up against each other that that element of conservatism that both of them have had in recent years will will happen and you just mentioned there about like kind of the half back lines being let off the leash that's why I think that the the midfield in particular is crucial the next day because it's all well and good if you want to you know push forward as a half back but you can't if your midfield is under pressure so I think that whoever's midfield is on top of the last it will be crucial because it will allow the likes of whether it be Owen Ball Gallagher or Ryan McHugh if he plays there or the likes of uh, Cassidy or Tiernan McCann to do it for Tyrone so um, I just I, I don't know like I, I'd like to think they'll they'll cut loose I think as Maddie said earlier but I, I just I would be fear I'd fear that they'll kind of um, they'll just kind of go back into their defensive shell just a little I bit I hope they don't I really hope they don't I, I, really, I really don't there was an interesting stat you mentioned the long range points there Maddie. so we know Michael Murphy can kick boomers uh, Thompson can kick boomers Langan can kick boomers McBrearty can kick always cutting in off the, off the left and you're like Jesus block him down he, McBrearty very rarely even dummies back when he does that like <laughs> yeah. he's going for for it. it's all, for left. and, and you just know and you're like how are they not doubling up or even a fella in the field stopping him from cutting in but anyways he can kick long range points Jamie Brennan not as much he likes to take on his man but I think the stat 9 of their 13 points from play came from outside the 35 metre mark against Fermanagh so I think when we get to those two stalemates where there's definitely parts of the game it's unavoidable because every team if you're slow with your build up they'll be tracking you as yeah. you're running and that, everyone's fine with mm. that um, that's normal enough so there are going to be those couple of stalemates I think Donegal are better uh, equipped at handling those stalemates than Tyrone Yeah look that's well, I mentioned that earlier on with exactly the guys that you have you have, met, you have called out there you know Murphy, Thompson McBrearty you can keep going Michael Langan um, and in fairness Jamie Brennan kicked a couple of serious long range points the last mm, he was man yeah. of the match I think he scored four, point, four excellent points in play so you know there's probably one or two you know, Hugh McFadden has kicked a couple of long range scores during the league you know so potentially they're, they're that bit better organised but look at Matty Donnelly Peter Hart are not shy in front of the goal either and you know they're well capable of kicking points we're saying look at I wouldn't rule out a draw here to be honest um, because it's going to be fairly tight it's only in the last few matches it's only in the last maybe 10-12 minutes where the game has actually opened up where you know guys are starting to get stretched and you know that's where, where Tyrone's goals came from last year um, when the game had opened up a bit but um, it's it, it's going to be fairly tight and tense but Look, I think you'd be a brave man to call it one way or the I other think you would. That, that's why we're saying it's such a crazy bet on Donegal. Here's another thing I wanted to talk to you about here before we move on and we'll get predictions um, first. Turnover. Remember like the whole idea of dropping men back behind the ball is that you get a turnover around a 45. The other team, you know, you know that kind of demoralising effect where you lose the ball and you don't really want to chase back for it. Everybody had it in their DNA up along. Remember, like the backs would always beat the forwards in a hand passing game because they'd always worked harder. And this was the whole philosophy of Jim McGuinness. And he won in All-Ireland based on being supremely fit and other teams not wanting to match them for work rate. And when they got those turnovers, there was these beautiful sweeping moves down the field, intricate hand passes over the bar. Tyrone took that on and we've loads of examples of Tyrone turning a ball high up, breaking different angled runs, ending up lovely points from play. 
they've dried up now, haven't they? We don't. I I think teams have become so adept now. I'd say they're in training and they're doing walkthroughs and they're in this stalemate position. And the next minute, whistle goes, turnover, and everybody has to sprint back. Mm. You know what I mean? And and I'd say to do that on repeat at training to get it into their heads when that turnover happens. Get back, get back. Because you often find with turnovers now, and I noticed it in matches, they'll break for about 10 metres, realise, oh, we're all being tracked here, and then they'll turn back. And, and it'll be a real slow build-up yeah. then. Isn't that the way it's gone? Or, like, or there's nothing ahead of them to give the ball to. There's not enough ahead, got yeah. 13, maybe 14 lads, or, or like in Fermanagh's case, they had 15 behind the ball at times again. They actually broke brilliantly up the wing to about maybe the 50, 60 metres out from the goal, and all of a sudden there's nothing in front of me. There's actually no one coming with me, yeah. so it goes backwards, it goes sideways, back across the field. So the point... The whole, uh, yeah. it's, it's actually taking the whole point of the turnover in the first place. So when's that going to, penny going to drop? That The whole idea of this this system is that you get really easy scores on the break really uh, exciting scores on the break and if that break has gone off you and you know you're when you turn it over they're going to track you hard you won't get that far down you'll end up having to turn it back slow build up you'll face a wall the other end what's the point of it then? You'd be really hoping at some stage that the, the penny will start to drop that you know any any team I'd be involved with, you'd like to keep at least three, but preferably four guys in the in the opposition half. Yeah. At all I times. always that, say I'd like when, to leave four. When, when, four like yeah. it's kind of a given that half forwards still are going to be guys that's working up workers, on the field, yeah. and that's fine. I think they were more, always like that, yeah, really, and, and potentially yeah. even one or full forward line that might drop out to make it maybe a fourth half forward or a second half forward if the two half forwards are going down the field. But you'd be just hoping that like. I think the the life of an intercounty footballer is getting shorter and shorter. If they're going to be playing that kind of a game, where look, we're going to get everyone behind the ball, turn it over, and run up and down the field all day. Like that's, I can't really see where the enjoyment could be in that as an intercounty footballer. So you're hoping managers will take on board. Look, we improve our one-on-one tackling. Um, you know, similar to what I was saying that our man Kevin done last week because I thought it was excellent. I know it's something that Kieran McGinney works an awful lot on his tackling. Um, and you know, you get turnovers by maybe having one extra guy back, which is fine. Most teams have that anyway. And mm. I wouldn't even say he's an extra defender. It's just that the opposition has pulled out a forward anyway, so he's just a defender. Um, get get the turn possession over that way, and then be able to attack by kicking the ball rather than having to hand pass it and carry it. Because look at it, it's a it's a highway to nowhere as, as far as I'm concerned. I think so. I think that's it. I think teams are so adept now at how to handle. Both breaking it down and the most important thing, the t- when the turnover happens, where are we? There's mm. usually a few left on the outside to cover it and everybody else is making sure they're tracking. Yeah. And that turnover breakaway score is a thing of the past, Connor. Like, yeah. I mean, it's very, very and, obvious to me. And like, I think as you alluded there, like, there was no better team at Tyrone than it at, at, at that breakaway score in the last few years. Only when they, you know, they used to destroy teams in Ulster with it particularly. And then they might come up against a, a better team. I remember even they came up against Mayo in 2016. They were kind of alive to that and to not let them do that. But now it's a thing that like all the other teams have cottoned on as Everyone's well. Everyone's tactically you know, smart on so it now. They, yeah. they, and especially against a team who's renowned for it, they're not going to let that, they're, they're not going to let it happen so that's it like it is interesting and uh, like again the whole thing of now teams wanting to leave a few forwards up there and them not being allowed by the opposition that's starting to really get to get on my goat but look we'll see we'll see how this works out I'd love to be able to go to this but I can't um, just to see how they're lining up it's easier when you're not watching it on television so this is this is it uh, K- Tyrone are 8-15 to 15 and Donegal are 15-8 according to Paddy Powers who are you going to go for this one Matty? Um at f- I don't think there's much value in, in Tyrone to be honest at 4-7 to seven. It definitely I think either have to be Donegal but look at the way things are going with, with draws lately I wouldn't rule out a draw around probably 7 or 7.5 seven to 1 I think it could be it could be a decent bet and particularly in Ulster it's, it's noted for an awful lot of draws 
um, throughout the Ulster Championship. So you know, seven to one is is definitely I think the value bet of the of the three in that game. Yeah, what do you think? Harry? I don't. I I agree, Maddie. I don't think there's any particular value in Tyrone, but I do think uh, like very narrowly, as I said earlier on, I think Donegal are way overpriced. But I fancy Donegal by no more than one or two points. Or Tyrone, you mean? Tyrone, by, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. No I'm. I never go for a draw, but I'm going to go for a draw as well. But we'll keep it going in Ulster. This is the first real heavyweight. This is the well. You'd say Ross Common and Mayo was a heavyweight, um, but Mayo were strong favourites in that. You know, it was almost a handicap thing, which I thought was unfair in that as well. But this is the first really, really big Gaelic football match, maybe you could say. Like, you know, the, like, you could argue... Um, it's the only one on TV in a while, I think, anyways. <laughs> it's, but it's the only one, on, it's the first one on RTE for, yeah, the, for yeah. the... And that's we're five weeks into the championship yeah. now. So, like, I mean, it would have to be a big one just <laughs> yeah. to get on to RTE. Right, yeah. listen, we'll come back with Paddy Power Predictions. he gave me back then was he, we were in the Glen Royal on a night out and he, I'd never met him before and he put his arm around me and he said you won't go too far wrong if you win the ball and give it to me I said alright well okay it was great advice yeah, it was <laughs> for you Okay, Paddy Power Predictions. We're going to start with Dublin and Kildare. So there's not much to say about the odds in this game. I'm going to just try and um, talk away here while I try to find the odds in this game. Um, we have Dublin at, I think Dublin are 1 to 100. Can't 1 to 80, quite. I think. 1, one to 80, is Kildare it? The handicap is 14 anyways um, for Kildare. So which is an incredible bet considering you know Kildare you would argue are their next biggest uh, challenge and in in Leinster they at least were two years ago Kildare have gone back a little bit since then so Dublin have doubts over Dean Rock he was out with a hamstring injury that's why he didn't play the last day Johnny Cooper didn't play the last day with an ankle injury Owen Merchant has some soft tissue in this, or injury and Paddy Andrews um, he hasn't been around since he broke his jaw uh, really bad break in that league game against Throne and Paul Mannion is going to be ruled out because he was suspended so Dublin are absolutely not at full strength there's one, two, three, four, four guaranteed starters you mm. say Merchant is a guaranteed starter now right after being on it all last year um, you know like I mean Dublin are not at full strength um, but still like you're still looking at the 14 handicap isn't that terrible against Kildare yeah and look at they're generally not too far off with it, to be honest I, I I wasn't sure what the handicap was but you'd nearly fancy Dublin and that like we've talked about this for the last three or four years that yeah they're 1-80 the, yeah the, mm. the, the, one, the, the one great thing that every manager in any sport wants is competition and you know Cormac Costello came in the last day after getting a start after kind of being in and out of the team over the last number of years and just you know one twelve or something like that he scores and you know, there's loads of lads like that who are on the periphery who really want to play and you know I showed when they come on the last day there was no there was no drop off in the in the loud in the loud game when the start introduced so the ranking was probably only picked up because look at they're going for five all Irelands in a row lads really really want to play on that team and you know if look if if Dean Rock was back this week the likelihood is Carmel Costello would start in front of him and he's going to want to keep his place there and so are numerous other lads who get a start so I don't think there's going to be any let up from Dublin and oh. you know, over the last few years they've been kind of noted for starting a bit sluggish in Leinster but you know they certainly didn't do it the last day and they definitely never took the foot off the pedal again loud No and we know Kildare 
are a little bit open at the back. Owen Doyle likes to drop off his man a little bit like uh, Keno Sullivan always did with Dublin. They pretty much copied the Dublin model. They have like to maybe leave four forwards up, three or four anyways, and have everybody else working. But they like, like to keep some sort of shape. Three fifteen, they conceded against Longford the first day. Now the first they day, they, yeah. they yeah. tightened it up rightly um, the last day. But this is the pro- this is the problem. Like I mean, how is Owen Doyle going to drop off Kieran Kilkenny, Niall Scully, Brian Howard? You just won't do it, or else you're just being stupid. And here's the other problem. Usually when halfbacks drop off their men, their wing forwards on the other side will cover them. Mm. So are you going to leave James McCarthy and Jack McCaffrey without being covered? You know what I mean? You're kind of snookered. And like if your midfield want to drop off and pick up your man, you're leaving Brian Howard yeah. or you're leaving uh, <laughs> Brian Fenton yeah. and your young Gavin uh, free or Michael Darren McCauley. It's hard to know. I, t- I, actually, I, I think the idea of dropping off Dublin is gone. The only way you can beat Dublin, and we know this, we've talked about this, is if you score about four goals. How are you going to get goals? You're going to have to have an aerial threat and you're going to have to be able to man up around the field because if you don't man up around the field, Dublin will use your sweeper against you because they'll use Keane O'Sullivan or another defender and now you won't get goals with that sweeper. So here's the dilemma with Dublin. You nearly almost have to man up man for man against them or you can't beat them. Mm. Now you could get absolutely hammered but I think Kildare under O'Neill are brave enough to man up against them I think the Kildare have decent size and physical strength and conditioning behind them I think Kildare will go for this it's the only way yeah, well, Keane O'Neill has said as much. Now he he might he might only be saying that in the run up to the game, but I agree with you. I think they're brave enough to kind of go man on man or man up against them. But and a couple of years ago, I would have fancied them to man up against them and, and give them a good rattle as well. But it's just the way things have been going for Kildare. It's just loads of injuries, fellas, kind of opting out the panel. And I know they got they kind of got back on the road again there with them in the replay over Longford, but conceding three fifteen the first day hints at a kind of wider problem or wider malaise that seems to be within the camp this year. But like even if they wanted to, even if they want, even if uh, Kildare wanted to drop men back and go a little bit more defensive Dublin have shown that for years especially in Crow Park that they're so I'd comfortable. love that they're that's so gone yeah exactly, that's gone yeah. you're so that. that's exactly it and just to, to get back to what Maddie said I remember we were talking about the Dublin Now game beforehand and because it was the first game in Leinster and because, lead, or because Dublin had lost I think two or three games during the league and you're thinking there might be this slight chink in the armour I fancied Loud to beat the handicap and then Dublin go and win by 26 points with 14 men yeah. so it's like they were on a mission to show that and, like no and it's loud, it'll be Kildare's third week on the trot as well yeah. and an extra time so yeah. that's not going to be of any, no. any benefit to Kildare I don't think we, I think we all went for loud plus 17 like how <laughs> yeah. stupid Like, and, and how long are Dublin t- tighter grounded over D- Dublin America, always beat the handicap <laughs> it's, uh, Carlo yeah. are the only ones that didn't uh, that didn't allow them beat the handicap here's the thing Kildare if they have any brains will play Paddy Brophy you remember two years ago he got that late it was a consolation goal but he fetched over Johnny Cooper's head and scored I would not be one bit surprised if Kevin Feely uh, went in beside him because Tyrone have shown a little bit of the way how to get joy you have to the only way Dublin will be beaten especially in Leinster is on a scoreline of something like 4-8 to 1-15 does 4-8 beat 1-15 it's just just about something something on those lines I think it has to be something like that so Fergal Conway has been playing in midfield uh, for the last few games and he can play there Tommy Mulek's back now so play the two down midfield play Feely in beside Paddy Brophy and have an obvious tactic that you're banging diagonal balls to them and try and get yourself a few goals that's like pretty much that's the hope the only hope Kildare really have here right but look at, without a shadow of a doubt to have to score goals but most teams are a lot of teams around the place are vulnerable under high, high, long high diagonal ball where you don't have two and three sweepers to yeah. clean up because they cause absolute panic in any defence you see yeah. at any level um, but like, and with Dublin won't play a sweeper unless you do 
Dublin react yeah. to the sweeper. Dublin, like you said earlier, Dublin's only sweeper is a back. Yeah, Dublin play with forwards. They, they play, play with, yeah. yeah. They don't play with seven backs. They play with they generally play with six forwards and are happy enough to do. And look at whatever way it comes, they're happy enough to play it. But Kildare have to go for it to have a chance. And you know, that's, there's no other way for them really, as far as as far as I can see. What do you think, Connor? What do you, what do, we'll go for predictions here. I, so we're, we're we're probably looking at the at the handicap what, here. So the handicap is fourteen. Handicap is fourteen, and I'm very burned after the loud thing. And no, I know Kildare play, play won't be packing any defence. So I think that fourteen is under threat. I think Dublin are going to beat the handicap. <laughs> oh Jesus, <lad. laughs> the, uh, the, the same, same as that, yeah. Same as that. Okay, well I'm not backing against Dublin on a handicap ever again. So I'll go that as well. Yeah. But I I do genuinely hope Kildare go the way I'm saying and put Feely in there beside Bro. I think O'Neill will and I think he's flexible enough and I don't think he's an old fashioned manager that's afraid to take chances I no, think no. he will I think he will do that um, hopefully he will so if Kildare could get a few goals potentially you know they'll avoid the 14 but I'm 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 not going against what Dublin. They, they lost by was it six a couple of years ago when Dublin got two goals. They lost the by nine, and that was and that, that still with Paddy Brophy getting the consolation goal in the last couple oh, of minutes, and still lost. I think by they nine. lost by nine in the end. That okay. was with the consolation and now, but they were two three to no score down. Yeah. And after that was 10 de- that minutes. was deemed a pretty close game because they were fairly competitive after the. But two, for three. sixty minutes they were competitive. Yeah, yeah but I know? suppose the damage had been done. So it's all like I was about to say if Carol, Kildare maybe maybe get their goals early, but sure, there's every chance that Dublin will get two or three goals early as well yeah. and just make it uh, a non-event so oh yeah, I, I, I'd be fancying Dublin to beat the handicap Exactly right so Mead and Leash is the other game in Croke Park this is, this is a very evenly matched um, game as well Mead uh, according to Paddy Power 1-2 to two favourites Leash 2-1 two to one. now I'd have Mead obviously favourites for the game but I don't see that I don't see the 2-1 to one. I think Leash can hurt them I think they can get close to them Leash have a decent championship record over Mead recently they've won in 04 I know that's a long time ago 06 in 2012 they drew in 2010 so in the last five championship meetings Leash have won in the last four Leash have won last five sorry with that draw Leash have won three drawn one and lost or won three drawn one and lost one now I know these are two new teams but like Leash wouldn't be worried in any way if they don't Leash never feared Mead at all all down through the years so that's a big thing Mark Timmons is out he's a big loss he broke his hand against Greg Cullen Dennis Boot I'm sure will go back in full back and Stephen Attright is back so he'll go into the corner so that's not the end of the world Tony Kingston I don't think was fully fit against Westmead who only came on he'll definitely start so Tony Kingston Evan O'Carroll Paul Kingston for me they're a match for any forward Mead have like you talk about Mikey Newman O'Sullivan any of these whether Leash can be tight enough at the back they both play a fairly attacking style of play um, I'd be concerned a little bit about Leash's, uh, some of Leash's defenders in that attacking maybe style of play. I can see Mead, I can see Mead winning this maybe by three points, but there won't be much in it. No, I don't think. Do I would have actually seen a little bit closer than that kind of closer to evens both of them? But um, I would definitely fancy Mead. I think Mead kind of have, have the bit between their teeth. You know, they had their their sluggish start, and they could have been very easily could have been caught by Offaly. But yeah. you know, they were they were impressive and they were quite ruthless the last day against Carlo when the when the chances appeared as well. And you know, they were they were only I think it was level maybe with seven or eight minutes to go to half time, and Mead scored to maybe two two or two three just before half time and completely put the game to bed. I know. Um, Carlo had a sending off and had a black card as well but you know Mead were I think were quite ruthless and you know I think they have a little bit more about them this year you know getting promoted in the league will be a big boost to them and mm-hmm. over the last few years I've seen teams who have had been promoted or even won leagues um, who went on to have reasonably good championship um, performances as well and I think Mead is going to be another one of them on, on the weekend I think that uh, Mead are good at breaking down defensive systems they kind of know how to do it and they're so comfortable against Carlo 
Leash won't play like Carlo. Leash will play a little bit more like Offaly. Maybe not as attacking as Offaly, but not far off it. And me didn't... Like, it's, it's mad that you're so used to probably practising all this stuff in training of how to break this down and how to do this. That when you're actually faced with a team that actually likes to kick it in, and more importantly, gives you kick kicking in, mm. kick passes in, then there's kicks going astray. You're not used to it. You even see this with Dublin, that when Mayo... Like, this is the gas thing. I keep making this point. Mayo would... I'd love if some analysis was done on this. That Mayo get more turnovers against Dublin with Dublin kicking to their full forward line and it breaking down than Dublin would oh, give yeah. away against any defensive team because when the kick passes on Dublin will give it yeah. Harrison's out beside there's pressure on the, the kick opportunities the, are the, opportunities kick, are the opportunities are there the opportunities are there for turnovers as well. yeah. there, there are that's the thing and I, I remember years ago you, you'd swear the way the game has gone is that there was never a turnover years ago yeah. when it was 15 on 15 yeah. sure like I mean there was some low scoring games because the ball would be kicked in it would be won by the defender yeah. and now you've a, you've a tur- turnovers were winning the ball yeah. so like it's almost like without all these extra men we can't be able to stop these it's such a load of nonsense like Leash will give Mead a game that maybe there's going to be a lot of kick passing yeah. and Mead are going to have to adapt to that yeah, and when you, when you press up the pitch as well you, like, you don't have the option for that like handy kick pass across the pitch 20 or 30 yards that you see a lot of when, when, when teams kind of erect a defensive screen like along their 45 or along their 50 but I think you're right I think that's the way to go I think that's the way for, uh, for Leash to go because even going back to the off the game that Manny mentioned I think uh, Offaly uh, reeled off like seven scores in a row nearly between the, the end of the first half start of the second half had a lot of wides as well I would have been very positive about Mead coming out of the lead just because you know it seemed to like a, a lot of good kind of young players real kind of positive momentum and then listening to Keen uh, on this show and he would have seen a lot of Mead and he wasn't as positive no. even as a Mead man Keen's not being blown away by them yeah, yeah, Keen's so saying they're, they're on paper they look like they're flying it but they're getting through very tight games they're only get, getting yes. a, you know they're not he's not overly raving about them and how much can you read into a victory over Carlo team that were kind of Carlo were on the ropes and then they had a man sent off as well so I think there's there's something in this for Leash I, I, I do fancy Mead but like I, I think it'll be a lot closer than, than those odds that I think it's 2-1 to one and 1-2 to two are, are suggesting the next day 2-1 to one and 1-2 to two. ok so who will we go for here like I mean I'm just going for Mead slightly and like I mean I'm never going to put money on this this is just a tip you know the way people say you'd, I'd never back against my own I'd never go into a bookie and back against my own because then you don't want the bet to win and you're yeah, obviously course, going to... Yeah, that's yeah. out of all the question but you're allowed tip against your yeah, own. Yeah. <laughs> you know I, mean? I, I hate people who say well if they if my county lose I have the consolation because I put a bet on against them. There's something no, wrong, that doesn't yeah, work. That yeah, doesn't work. I, I put... I had leash before in an accumulator like a, not much of an accumulator it was 10 euros or whatever of an accumulator and it was leash to lose and I was like I, I, I said I would never imagine having them in a bet to actually straight up lose like yeah, I mean it's yeah. ridiculous I, I was like the idea that oh if they lose I win money it's, that's messed yeah, up because yeah. you, you'll, you'll be rooting to win the money <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely you, know what I mean? you just can't ever do it it's no. just wrong so anyways but you can tip against them I, I think Mead might just just about shade just about shade this Maddie. I think you're of the same well, opinion yeah. and same. Connor right okay um, Cavan against Armagh lads so this is neither team got going last week did they like this is a, we, the analysis of our analysis on Monday was this is a very nervous performance from both teams <coughs> that they, they didn't really want to win it you no, know neither of them kind of really wanted to lose it I think more yeah. than one of them actually grabbing it by the, by the scruff of the neck and going and actually winning it and you know, potentially could be a bit more open of a could game be, this yeah. week hopefully because you know there was some quite very, some good football played last week and some excellent scores kicked um, I suppose 
look, it's kind of a bit of a cliche. Whoever learned most from, the, from from last week and can bring it into next week. But um, see, you know, I think we'll see a bit more yeah. of Keane Mackey um, this week as well. And you know, he has potential to kick kick score from distance from play. And uh, you know, that that could be the difference. It's going to be close again, whichever way it goes. That's the thing. But like, I mean, do you know when you talk about who learned most? There was very few good performances outside mm. of Key and Mackey and Jared Oak Burns. Now, obviously, Cavan will have a plan for Jared Oak Burns. That can't happen again. He could have had two, three. So that's going to be something. I thought Rian O'Neill, I don't know who's moving him in or out or has he got free reign to move in or out, but he was neither one nor the other and he was, he was well really marked. Really frustrated as well. Yeah. Really yeah. frustrated and he kicked the ground at yeah, the, end the end of the game. game yeah. And I'd have just stayed in a bit longer. Like, I mean, he, get, he got one really bad diagonal ball where Clark kind of bullied him out of it and suddenly he was out then. He was floating around. Do you remember the point he got from play? We saw none of that. Super mm. point, you know, yeah. a super point, but a it's, super ball. And then Arma just didn't use that threat they have in there. You yeah, know, for him, I suppose it's about look at just being a bit more patient. Um, you know, it might take the game as a forward, maybe particularly in those kind of games where they're really tight and both teams are getting a few bodies behind the ball. It's not all out blanket defence, but just be patient and eventually, like yeah. he, you know, Keane Mackey could have won the game in the fifteen or twenty minutes he was on the field, and Reen O'Neill absolutely has the potential to do that at any stage in the game. So you know, just kind of hang in there and be a little bit more patient eventually you know, gaps will appear and chances will appear and you will get no, gaps, better, yeah. no better fella than him to take him you know, he's, a, he's an excellent player I think he seems to have the rein to go and come go out when he wants Jamie Clark in fairness had that patience and it never turned around for him he's not good in those games is he mm. in those battling games and he likes a bit more space I don't know I think Armagh have more scope probably for improvement than Cavan but I don't know. I, I, when Armagh can't get that kicking game going, I don't think they're. Yeah. I don't think they're much. I find it hard to call. I, I thought watching it the last day that if any team deserved to win, it was probably Cavan. But that might be affected by the fact that they were chasing the game, the fact that they were down to fourteen men, and I nearly wanted them to, yeah. to get back into the game. But it, like I think you mentioned the last day as well that the, the guys who maybe didn't show up or you know who, do, who didn't have their best day, and I think there could be more of them on the Cavan side than there was on the Armagh side. Um, so I, I don't know. You'd like. I uh, I would nearly argue that Cavan. No, there's not much in it, but I would nearly argue that Cavan have a little more scope to improve. If I had to call it, I'd go for Cavan. But again, only just right. Okay, I'm looking at those penalties. Yeah, I went with Armagh last week, and I'd, I'll just stick with them, even though look, that's that's a real fifty-fifty. There's no doubt. Let me just check the odds in that five to six. Cavan slight favourites. Armagh outside, just slightly outside at six to five. Right, OK, we'll go through the, the qualifiers here, lads. Um, we'll fly through these. Offaly, London. Offaly are at home. We'll all go for Offaly here, I'd imagine. That's a uh, no-brainer. Yep. Uh, Leitrim versus Wicklow. Very good Division 4 kind of style clash. Wicklow have improved. Obviously, that result against Kildare was very good. Leitrim um, have been having a great year. It's how they kind of picked it up from the Roscommon... Uh, like you would say huge disappointment because I'd say they had themselves built up into yeah. you know we can actually take on a team or whatever but I think home advantage should swing it for Leitrim what do you think? Yeah I think just about you know they have been hard in fairness in, in or been tough to beat in the qualifiers in, in Carrick over the years and you know probably of all the draws that was one of the draws they would have wanted you know a, 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 I know they're out of Division 4 and I would have fell a Division 4 team from this season At home uh, At home coming to Carrick I think they would have been happy enough with that had you given it to them before the draw so no, maybe our Leitrim just about yeah. Yeah, your yeah. own count. Oh, go on, Connor. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, at home is uh, I. I give it to Leitrim. If it was Wicklow, if it was in Ockram, to be honest, I'd probably give it to Wicklow. And I'd be the Leitrim same. Just, just I'd be the same. It. I think the travelling and all. But talking about travelling, Derry are going down to Wexford, Matty. Um, they are. It's going to cost them six thousand once the coach overnight stays and meals for about thirty players plus management plus huge backroom teams as well. You're talking about fifty people. Um, that's not going to be easy so they're staying in Carlo and on Saturday night 
um, before or that must be Friday night the match is Saturday match is, is Saturday match is Saturday yeah, so they must yeah. be staying in Carlow Friday night so they have to take the day off work um, stay in Carlow on Saturday night and then go on to Wexford um, then after the match they'll be back in Derry about 1 o'clock um, you confident with this one have Wexford been making slight improvements um, look, there was a great chance. I wasn't at the game, but talking to a good few guys, I was away on holidays, but talking to a good few guys, we were at the Loud game. Um, you know, we were put themselves in a great position to Had beat, won, to, to beat, to beat yeah. Loud, yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, through, you know, we dropped off a little bit, you know, some of the changes didn't quite work. Um, and, and Loud ended up coming really strong in the end and, and uh, beaten. But as I said, I don't know, the, winning the match or not winning the match had its own merits of going to play Dublin after that. But you know, on the game at the weekend, I think you know Barry O'Connor has also gone from the set-up. He's after signing with the Sydney oh, that, Swans. Yeah. You know, a, a, a serious athlete. Um, How know, good and, is he? Uh, this lad's a fine... Where does he play? Wing forward? Or? He, he could probably play anywhere from midfield up. Um, a really, really good footballer. So very athletic. Um, fine footballer. Um, really good hurler as well, by the way. Son of George. So, oh, right. you know, he didn't, he didn't get it from a fall. Um, comes, from, <laughs> comes from good stock. But you know, a massive loss to him, I think, coming into the weekend and you know having lost that game at home been in a winning position um, against Loud will definitely hurt and you know Derry is one team that we've had a horrendous record against over you know going back even before I started playing I never had a victory against Derry um, and I'm not sure it's going to change on Saturday evening either Right okay it's a, that's a, that's interesting it's funny with Wexford no matter how badly they're going even the year before they were able to almost beat Leash they're able to do it kind of rise it a little bit for the mm. championship however they're able to do that their league their league form is terrible again No some really really poor performance in the league but um, you know it was hard enough turned around look had, as I said had they got that victory over, over loud you know playing Dublin and shipping a heavy defeat which was going to happen one way or the other wasn't really going to do morale any good so look at they've come off a, a narrow enough defeat to Leash or to Loud sorry and you know if they'll be well up for it there will be a decent extra crowd there with the hurling on after it but you know Derry, Derry pushed her own all the way in the first round so you know going on that form you'd have to fancy yeah, Derry I fancy Derry as well Connor. And Derry yeah yeah okay Loud home to Antrim um, this is a 50-50 probably call isn't it Antrim were decent at, pa- at, at times against um Tyrone even though they're completely kind of outgunned loud similarly on the same day destroyed by another really good team um, this could go either way you'd nearly say loud home advantage probably means a lot with these especially Antrim travelling I'll go loud here yeah loud as well I think look at it's how to, how to recover from that, that beating again Dublin but the, two, the extra week that you know the two week break or the three week break will definitely be a help and you know in the games that are tight in the qualifiers often um the, the home advantage but maybe you wouldn't rule this one out as one of our first penalty mm. shootouts but you know, <laughs> yeah. maybe loud just about yeah, I think Antrim are 11-4 to four for this which seems strange to me uh, it seems to be a bit of a gap in the I'm going to have there, to pull Joe from Paddy Power up now after <laughs> yeah. this about some of these odds that we're not but, uh, we're not agreeing with him yeah, on some of his odds I know I'm going for loud as well I, I think it'd be closer than what those odds suggest but uh, but yeah especially at home ok yeah, uh, Monaghan for Mana for probably the most boring game of the weekend this is in Clone it's a 145 very early um for a qualifier maybe I hope I have that right um, I was reading Rory Gallagher talking about Sean Quigley and he said Sean carried a niggle into the, Dun- into the Donegal game and we just have to see how he rehabs it's not an overly severe hamstring injury but it's a niggle which means he couldn't open at full speed we threw absolutely everything into that Donegal game if he were to miss the next game we were going to deal with that so if he misses this one we'll have to deal with that found that incredible number one that a player with a hamstring injury that meant he couldn't sprint full out would even agree to play a match and number two the management would risk Mm. having him out for two months for the rest of the season crazy isn't Mm. it I'm very surprised in this day and age with the medical advice and backroom teams that Rory Gallagher would admit would admit that 
you know you, you couldn't see most other teams at Dublin or any probably anybody else chancing so, somebody like that um, you know what was the chances of, with a fully fit Sean Quigley actually beating Donegal anyway I would yeah. imagine it wasn't it wasn't much higher than, than with an injured Sean Quigley so you know you potentially take the chance of losing for the rest of the championship and as I said with, with a decent draw for Mana or a team who potentially could go on a run in the qualifiers but you know if he's out that takes away you know a huge amount from them and you know you, you'd see them struggling in, in Clonus on, on Saturday Yeah unless they're saying right we're going to put you on just for your freeze alone but then yeah. like I mean if he gets the ball in his hands from play at all you can't get away from your man without running yeah. at top speed I know he doesn't base his game on speed that's to win the ball but when he gets the ball in his hands at Championship Football you need to be able to run as fast as you can to get away from him to put it over the bar you know like I, I don't know of any hamstring injury that you can struggle through do you know what oh I mean? no it's impossible that's what I mean there's just a risk of tearing it again and as you said putting him out for months or putting, potentially putting him out for the rest of the season which seems like a strange risk and as you said even worse for stra- stranger to admit that do yeah you know stranger I mean? to admit it then Ulton um, Kelm he was he's the Fermanagh a wing back who scored the great early point. He's a real flyer, and I hadn't uh, I didn't know too much about him, but he kind of summed up perfectly the Fermanagh system. So he was talking about we know plenty about them and they know plenty on us. But this is the part I thought was interesting. The game last year went perfectly to script for us, and we will now want to put in a, a similar performance. So a fluky goal in the last minute is going perfectly according to... It's almost in a nutshell analysis of like that it. system. We want to stay close and hopefully we'll pox a goal and we'll get out the door. That's, that's how... Like, that's, he said, these are his words, not mine. Yeah, that's no, going, I, think, I think he's kind of <laughs> trying to say, look, keep themselves basically in the game I as long no, as they No, can. no, no, <laughs> stop now. Let's go with my interpretation of this. That's definitely a more fun interpretation. But you'd imagine that's... Look, and we want to do that again, Donegal, as well. Stay in the game and hang in the game and kind of hope for a break. And look, that's exactly exactly what happened last year again Monaghan it yeah. couldn't have worked any better but I'd say Monaghan could be you know to say the more people Monaghan will be out for a bit of revenge this week, this weekend exactly I'm being a bit hard on Ulton there but like I mean I just saw it and I went lovely here's a chance <laughs> yeah. to put the boot into this system right Carlo Longford lads I'm going to go for Longford I think Carlo or I think I'm going to go for Carlo rather at home um, both teams are probably low on confidence Longford after going to extra time then getting hammered having going on the beer probably on Sunday Monday which definitely happened I'd say uh, definitely Sunday anyways while Carlo are preparing and fresh and maybe getting that result their, the mead result out of their system I think home advantage and Carlo bringing this into a dogfight that maybe Longford might not want in the qualifiers even though they have a great record in the qualifiers so this, yeah, is, this is probably a 50-50 one Dr Cullen as well and I think mm. Paul Broderick is back as well who would be a, a big help to Carlo's cause and you know there might be that bit of a chip on their shoulder still from the, from the suspensions they have um, so you know again it's like the loud loud Antrim game possibly just home advantage maybe and you know as I said it's Longford's third week in a row which which not going to be of benefit to them either Yeah Carlo are slight outsiders there 6-4 to four, Longford are 4-6 to six. what do you think Colin? Yeah I was going to go for Longford as well until you mentioned that they might have been on the beer for two days but <laughs> I'd say they might have had a few Sunday maybe left off Monday but just their record in the qualifiers and I just think I said it before um, before Carlo lost the last day that there's just uh, I know things haven't been going well for them so far this year and I think they might take that into the next day so I'm going to go for Longford narrowly Alright Westmead Waterford uh, we'd all fancy a Westmead win at home there in Cusick Park biggest qualifier really of the, of the weekend is down versus Tipperary there's an awful lot riding on this um, for Liam Cairns because if, if Liam Cairns if Tipperary lose this you'd imagine Liam Cairns probably has come to the end of the road based on the Limerick result and then the correspondent a hammer and cork gave Limerick um, you know down are at home Paddy, Tower, Paddy Talley was quoted in saying I think every player involved in the setup is aware 
as he's talking about how important the win is do you understand the importance of this game because you can progress and progress so far but you have to have something to show for it if we put in a performance in and get a result it'd be a really good step forward I think it's a really important time um, team for this team at this time so he's putting a lot of perf- uh, importance on this we know with Liam Kearns it's back to the wall stuff so like I mean I'm not sure where how to call this I think Tipperary could win this one Um Probably, as you said, it's the, it's the biggest and probably the closest game of the weekend. Um, I Just after Down's performance again, Armagh, I think in the Championship, I'd marginally go for Down. Again, a, a lot of us coming down to probably having home advantage. You know, did Cork really put into perspective exactly what, what how good or how bad Limerick were um, by giving them that much of a beating last week? So, you know, you'd like to think there's going to be a, some kind of a kick from, from Tipperary on, on, on the rebound after that, but they've had a lot of time to stew over it and... As I said, it's one of the ones where I possibly think that home advantage to down yeah. uh, might just swing it. Yeah, four to six favourites down there and Tipperary six to four outsiders. What do you think, I'm Connor? going for down as well and I think home advantage and their performance against Armagh as Maddie, as Maddie mentioned because I just think that like while I think Tipperary have the players to hurt them but I just think the morale after, after, seeing, after being beaten by Limerick and seeing what Cork did to Limerick subsequently I think that, I think that they might be a bit flat so I, I'm, I'm going for down. All right, lads, great stuff. Um, next up is Joe from Paddy Power. Joe, how's it going? Good, thanks, yeah. Welcome back to the show. We missed Cheers. you here. Um, missed you too. Where are we going to start? We're going to start with my accumulator, which is not the best place to start. Let's just push this accumulator down towards the very end. Yeah, maybe so. We shouldn't be keeping <laughs> it up at the very top of the, the top of the segment. But uh, I look, you're unlucky last weekend. In fairness, you were you were only a couple of minutes from from getting some money. Key and Mackey, he just pissed me off. He ruined the accumulator with a last minute point. How unlucky can you get? And of course, that was crossing my mind watching that. Yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't enjoy it at all. You couldn't <laughs> just take it for what it was worth. But uh, I couldn't enjoy normal time. I was. Like, would Paddy Power give it to me if Armagh win it in normal time? Just throw a dog a bone, but you might have. Uh, not generally no. how bookmakers work, all <laughs> all, but uh, you can send me under- an email if you want. <laughs> I understand that. Right, so talk to me about my accumulator. Will I talk to you about it? Right, so Mead, I have Mead at minus two. I think that they will probably win it by three points. That's what I actually think. I think Leash will be well in the game. I think Mead might win it with a goal or two. I think Carlo, because Longford have been on such a difficult um, schedule, the extra time, the disappointment of losing last week, while Carlo are priming themselves for this, I think Carlo might win at home. I think Leitrim might win at home against Wicklow. And I think Fermanagh will put it up to Monaghan to the point where they'll cover the plus, they'll win plus four. So basically that's it. So you've bump this right up yeah well look you're certainly looking to get to eke every every euro out of the accumulator anyway with your, with your picks I think I kind of agree with you on most of them there I, I think the Carlo and the Fermanagh ones could be could be toss of a coin nearly whether they whether those ones come true but it, that, that bet that you mentioned there was 15 to 1 that's been pushed out to 20 to 1 um, and that's up on the site there for anyone who wants to jump in with you but just to just to mark it as well there and try to take some of the pressure off as I said in the hurling show we're actually guaranteeing now that just in case there's no winners throughout the year <laughs> we don't get over it that we're at least going to guarantee that uh, a thousand euro will get donated to Samaritans at the end of the season one way or the other but we've uh, we full confidence in you Colm I will listen when we move away from accumulators and it's just well, the okay. all-out final when it's a just calling one match you don't I have to pick four teams either you can go with two or three if you want but <laughs> oh can I okay, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever right. way you want to do it okay mate okay this is a production meeting that we can have off <laughs> yeah. we can have off here <laughs> whatever way just to get the confidence back right what else do you have you have some money back specials and Paddy Power prices as well yeah so the money back special is the same one that We've, we've been doing through the championship for the last few years with the first goal scorer bet if he scores any time but isn't the first one you get that get, uh, money back as a stake um, 
but there's only one game on this weekend that's actually live on TV which is Toronto Donegal as far as I'm aware anyway so it will only apply in that game um, but a few other pair of prices there to look at Donegal and Cavan both to win they were 9-2 to two. that's been pushed out to 11-2 to two. and then in the in the qualifiers you have Longford Westmead and Down all to win which was 15-8 to eight, and it's just been pushed out to over 2-1 to one there 21-10 to 10, uh, which might be a couple of pair of prices we're looking at OK so you fancy Longford over Carlow you're not going along my, my road of that's thinking. not my own person personal one to be honest with you that, oh, that's, right. one, that's just one of the pair of prices that we have up on site I think ah, that's okay. it's a very tough game to call it that is. one in fairness it uh, it's hard to know um, but I'm sure there'll be a lot of opinions on both sides So Saturday what are we looking at here Tyrone Donegal the big game of the weekend Yeah it's a, it's a huge game and I think the, the odds like probably don't reflect how We how, were saying how do you have Donegal 2-1 to one? it yeah, didn't make I mean, any sense To me like I think that's a great price and they've, they've got McGreary back you've got yeah. Brennan playing very well you've Michael Murphy dominating proceedings you've, team that, that kind of looks in fairly good form, and I think they've been they've been wanting to get a go at Tyrone there for a while because they the last time they met in Championship they were they were kind of unexpectedly beaten kind rates, of well, yeah. and that that could be it could be potentially why why Tyrone are kind of short there, but I think they're a very good price, um, and I can't see there being much more than a couple of points in it either way, and that would lead me on to to the bets that I was going to point out here in the game that Tyrone to win by one to three or eleven to four. And Donegal to win by one to three or seven to two, and compared to their match odds, yeah. I mean that's that's a lot more value yeah. for either for either way. Three and a half to one for Donegal to win by one to three points. If they're going to win, surely that's what they're going to win by. Yeah, you have to I think. find those I find those bets great. Yeah, I think I think so. It just gives you a bit more. Cause, I mean, Toronto at eight to thirteen as well. Like they're they're nearly unbackable given how tight the game should be. But yeah. if they're to win by one to three, you're nearly getting three to one on them. So yeah, that's crazy as well, isn't it? That the odds are very close for the two one to three wins, aren't they? But they're not close for the actual outright wins. Yeah, it's just that you have to be a bit more specific about how a team wins, and it's, I think that just gives offers that little bit more value for people yeah. that reckon the close one's coming, which I think most people are. Okay, you have two more bets in this one that you think might be interesting. Yeah, we just uh, the over thirty four points total. Uh, five of the last six games, it would have been there would have been less scored than that. But the la- the most recent game um, in the in the Ulster Championship, they 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 cruise by it. They beat it by a lot, and I just think both teams are a lot more attacking now. Donegal have been evolving for a long time. I think they've probably got to a stage now where they've got a few forwards that can all score and they can switch things around. And similarly to Tyrone, I, I think Tyrone are, are kind of the shackles are sort of off them a little bit. And I think both teams are really going to go for it. I don't think either team are at the stage now where they want to feel each other out. I think they both want to get out there and, and show that they're the best team in Ulster. So. I I'm expecting a, a decent score to be put up, or at least a, a relatively decent one for for Ulster football. Um, and just another, another little one, just to throw in a bit of controversy: a red card uh, to be awarded a, f- a five to four. As, as again, like I said, not a I th- bad one either. I think these two teams really are going to come out absolutely flying. I think both of them will see a, a great opportunity to get. Well, once they get to an Ulster final, whoever gets there is going to be favoured. Obviously, if you if you lose there in a semi final, you're looking at a couple of rounds of qualifiers for the Super Eights. There's just a, there's so much on the line in this game that anyone on a yellow card or there might even be a few slightly late tackles going in or that I think uh, potentially a red card at 5-4 to four might be a good one I think uh, Declan Bonner was saying I didn't say this on the show but I was reading it and he said um, the way the game has gone now that if, if a player gets a yellow card you have to take him off immediately maybe this is the James Morgan thing um, from against Armagh or for Armagh against uh, Cavan but that's what he was saying so might turn people off that red card unless it's a straight red on yeah. the Donegal side Mickey Hart has said nothing about taking off yellow well, card from the, from the show last year as long as you're a man of God you can do whatever you want for pitch party so. <laughs> right on Sunday then we're looking at the, the double header in Crow Park and you're looking at Armagh Cavan replay 
Yeah, so the first one with Meter, Meter very short there at 1 to 2. I think you were, you're expecting to be a three point win. To be honest, you, I think Leash just haven't been putting up good, decent scores at all. And I'm just kind of, I'm not really sure where, where they're going to get a good a good score up from. And I think Mead haven't had the two games now and they're getting back into Crow Park. I think they feel a bit more comfortable there. They, they weren't bad against Donegal and Fair another are beaten, but I think they'll just be a lot more comfortable with the whole setup. So there's a couple of bets there. And the Mead minus two at evens, and I you put them in, in the accumulator as well. I think that looks relatively safe. I'd be confident enough for that one and then as well as that Mead to be winning at half time and to win the game in normal time at 10 to 11 just gives you a bit more value when it compares to the Mead just to win at 1 to 2 I'm not expecting it to be a, to be a hammering by any means and you, you'd give Leash a fighting chance but Mead should should really show their class here and, and show that they're a little bit little bit ahead of Leash at the moment Yeah ok Dublin Kildare there's obviously this is 1 to 80 jobs so this is Yeah not, not, not a whole lot of betting to be talked about in this one but uh, just to keep an eye on a couple of things there and there's so many Dublin fans that want to have something in the game that uh, Cormac Costello I think first goal scored 8 to 1 first full like, he's never guaranteed to play but I think if you were to at this stage would be unbelievably harsh because it really looks yeah. like he's he's nailing down a place and some of the some of the goals he scored in the league this year and just how dangerous he looks like if he gets a ball at all he turns on a sixpence and he's gone by you so if there's any Kildare man that's getting a bit over eager early in the game and gets too close Costello will turn him in a second and in fairness when he gets in on goal he doesn't tend he's to miss he's a very composed yeah. finisher so he's 8-1 to one to be the first goal scorer on the day and uh, just want to test out the handicap I know you're always amazed at how, how accurate the lads <laughs> get it sorted for the Dublin handicaps they're, they're 14 point handicaps there at the moment so Dublin to win by 13 to 15 points is 4 to 1 so is that inclusive of 13 and 15 or is that yeah, the exact yeah, 14 yeah exactly if Dublin win by 13 14 or 15, or 15 right? Okay. Yeah, they'll be at 4 to 1 so I'll uh, t- test out, the, test out the, uh, the handicap that's a good one to have it close like that. Is that that's a new bet then is it or is that always well, there's, there? a, there's always a, there's always kind of options to bet whatever team to win the same with the kind of throw and goal by winning by 1 to 3 so it just splits up in trees oh, so this is in the tree around, six, around the seven, handicap nine. yeah it goes on like that for, for pretty much all the games anyway ok anything in there Mac Cavan um, yeah, well, Sim really getting to that. I, I think that, I mean, I can't really see there being much in it. I think Armagh probably slightly leggy potentially. They're going to be there's what is it? There is the third week in the chat or three weeks out of four. We've had extra time yeah. twice. And, um, I, I think that Cavan will probably got most of their nerves out of them the last day the, some of their really top guys were kind of marked out of the game or were slightly subdued I, I know some of them stood up when they needed to be but I think we're going to see a much more fluent performance from Cavan this weekend but it still should be very very tight so in Cavan to win by 1-3 to three points at 11-4 to four definitely gives, a, gives you a bit of extra value I mean if they're going to win the game they're not going to win it by much and they're 5-6 yeah. so again similarly to, to Tyrone and that 11-4 mightn't be a bad shape for them to win by 1-3 to three. and uh, just for, for Charlie O'Burns to continue his rich train of form I think there, I can't see there being too many goal chances in the game at all I mean I don't think Kevin created one last weekend but his runs from deep no matter how much Cavan will be focusing on not letting him get a run if you keep making those runs it only takes one fella to switch off and I think the engine that that young man has was seeing bursting through the middle a few times so him to score a goal at any time is 13-2 to two. OK very good then we have a load of qualifiers so we're not going to go through each individual one let me know what you think you you, you fancy here Yeah I was, I was looking through them there earlier there's, there's a couple of tight games I mean the down to game could be a great one or Monaghan for Manic could be fairly tight but just some of the bets across the qualifiers at the top might be worth pointing out is uh, in the Wexford Derry game Wexford to be leading a half time and Derry to win a full time is 5-1 to one. I mean Derry are 1-4 to four to win the game I think they will win the game but Wexford have been leading in their last two home championship matches they've come out and started well and been beaten in the end yeah. and also Derry, Derry, has long way, Derry a long way to come down I'm not yeah. sure if they'll be down the night before or what but either way it's kind of disruptive it's hard to get going and I think they're just to look at something that might be worth getting on a 5-1 to one there is a little bit of, little bit of potential in it um, and then Monaghan Fermanagh 
could be a great game to, maybe not a spectacle but I think it could be a good competitive game but I, I think for Manor a good price first of all a 4-1 to because Monaghan haven't really shown a whole lot this year yet and you just wouldn't know what would happen on the day and they won't have any fear Monaghan it's potentially 4-1 to is a good price there but also no goal score at 7-2 to was something that just caught my eye slightly Monaghan haven't been scoring a lot of goals themselves and for Manor don't give up too many chances and don't look like scoring either so uh, that could be one to, to look out for in that game and then finally there I just saw Westmead minus 7 the handicap against Waterford is evens. I think that's a, I think that's a very, very generous yeah. prize at minus seven. Anyway, I would have thought the handicap would be a little bit higher, so might be one to jump on there for the weekend if you're just looking for for a good a good bet. Yeah. Okay. Great stuff, Joel. Loads of bets there to have a look at. Right. That's all we've time for this week. We'll be back on Monday and we'll do a review of the weekend and we'll talk to you then. Good luck. The GA Hour with Colin Parkinson is brought to you by Paddy Power, home of the money back special. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both players have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a f-ing shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f-ing houses for f-ing 10 years.